okay, I realize my voice is still very weak. It needs some rest, and I'm going to try to arrange that this week. But even though the voice is weak, I believe the message of today's program is very powerful. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. As you can tell, my voice is still very weak. It is not easy to talk. And I'm going to do my best to get through this program today. Now, I'm going to try to arrange ways to give my voice a rest this week. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to try. I know that um, Jim Calhoun will be doing Wednesday. And I'm hoping I can get him to help toward the end of the week as well. I never realized it until recently how much I've needed some rest. These past two and a half years of doing this program, and even the months prior to this program beginning, have been a very intense time. And in all this time, I really never took any time off. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday, like today in the United States, President's Day. We keep doing the program. We produce the radio program for every holiday, including Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year, you name it. We've done the program every day it's supposed to be aired. And and I think that we can mentally and physically take a toll. And we need a time of refreshment, a time of healing, and a time of strengthening. And I also believe in this particular ministry, a time of refocusing as well. So many things are going on in the background right now. That's all I can tell you. I'll tell you more probably next week. But there are many exciting things that are going on in the background for this radio program. Now, for those that have listened for a year, two years or longer, This program was born out of the misinformation being shared in the height of the pandemic in 2020. So many things have been said from February 2020 all the way through the election and into the following year of 2021. And we did our best on this program to point out the false narratives that were being paraded by mainstream media and social media as truth in spite of the evidence they were lies. This pandemic, as we said many a time, was used to gain control, to change narratives, I think even to allow manipulation of an election. You may disagree on that, but I... I'm convinced that opening up mail-in ballots without some checks and balances in many places was ripe for voter fraud. But we're not allowed to talk about that. Then the vaccine that came out at the end of 2020, ironically, the announcement coming out days after 
the 2020 presidential election was history. And the worst part is they knew what they had long before that election, but they just wanted to make sure you know who didn't get any credit for a potential vaccine that turned out to be, well, a fraudulent vaccine. We know it now. People got the vaccine in good faith. Then those that were hesitant were then marginalized, lost their jobs, threatened to take this experiment. And the numbers are pretty obvious. It is doing a lot of harm, but they never want to talk about it. We also know the more you seem to get boosters, the worse off your immune system becomes. The people that are coming down with COVID-19 two and three times or more are fully vaccinated and boosted. But we're not allowed to talk about that. That's not a part of the accepted narrative. And so we've done this program from the very beginning dealing with a narrative that many people both on the left and the right were buying into together. I watch governments and state governments, governments in other nations like Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, France, Spain, just globally go crazy. Locking people in their homes thinking they're going to stop the spread of a virus, thinking that if we just vaccinate everybody with an unproven vaccine, destroy the economy and businesses, rob people of their freedoms, make them prisoners, that somehow we're going to fix this. And people, there are still people that believe it. Then we have the face masking. The evidence is in. They don't work. Some of the most respected medical journals now concede a a face mask to stop the spread of a virus is worthless. It doesn't work. Yet the CDC under Rochelle Walensky still believes maybe we need masking for children in school. It doesn't matter that we have done extreme harm to young children covering their faces, that we've stifled their development covering their faces between not being able to watch somebody's expression on their face, reducing the amount of oxygen in a young child's bloodstream, and this was all supposed to be for their health, Companies like Pfizer more than doubled their profits because of the COVID-19 vaccine. More than doubled. And now they are concerned that they're not going to make the same profits. They also don't want to get sued for the many failures these vaccines have had. 
We've shared all these stories on this program. Most of you understand it. We know the CDC has lied to us multiple times. And now they've put this experiment, this experimental vaccine, on the recommended child vaccination list, thus shielding the vaccine manufacturers from lawsuits. We have a corrupt government here in the United States. We have corrupt officials at every level, in the Justice Department, in the CDC, the FBI, the White House, even, I consider, anti-American politicians in the House and the Senate, many governor's chairs, many state legislatures, we are in an unprecedented time. These past few weeks have been rather fascinating to watch. The spy balloon from China and then shooting down hobby balloons and who knows what. They're not even going to look for the debris anymore because, well, we now know that we were shooting down, you know, $13 balloons with $400,000 missiles. And I really believe that all of this was twofold. Number one, a distraction. There are stories out there of corruption, the Hunter Biden laptop story and so many others, that we need noise and diversion so you're not looking. Don't don't look over here. Look over there. We all stared at a balloon and then watched it get blown up off the coast of South Carolina. And then anything that looked like a balloon started getting shot down. It was all to keep you focused away from the important stories of the day. Stories of absolute and total corruption. Right now, there are a lot of officials that made statements about that laptop. People like uh, James Clapper, former director of the CIA. They're all backtracking the phony claims they made just before the election of Russian disinformation. Well, we thought it might be. It had the, the earmarks, the hallmarks, but we really didn't know. But we wanted you to know that we thought it might be. Even though the truth of the matter is they knew 100% it was the real laptop. They willingly and knowingly lied to you to change the outcome of an election. The mainstream media, they hated Trump. Many corporations that are tied to to warfare hated Trump. The military-industrial complex hated Trump. And then, of course, earlier today, many of us woke up to the story that, that here on this President's Day, President Biden went to Ukraine. 
He's too busy to worry about what happened in East Palestine, Ohio. But he's standing there in Ukraine next to Vladimir Zelensky. As somebody wrote this morning, he was checking on the money laundering operation. And honestly, I agree with that. That's another narrative that's been pushed on us for over a year. On Facebook, all these people have these pictures of themselves with the Ukraine flag. And if you ask them, what do you know about the history of the country? They don't know anything. They think it's been around for thousands of years as an independent nation, being brutalized by by big, mean Russia. Ukraine was never really a nation. It was a region. And that region, parts of it were occupied by different empires and nations over hundreds upon hundreds of years. It never was its own self-sustaining nation. They were promised to become a nation if they would ally themselves to Adolf Hitler in World War II. And they did. Ukraine, this nation that everybody thinks is some wonderful democracy, is a dictatorship. You're not allowed to speak against Zelensky. You're not allowed to worship as a Christian unless it's an authorized church. You're being lied to. And to believe that all we need to do is send more arms and stuff to Ukraine, somehow 31 tanks from the United States and maybe 50 to 70 from other nations are not going to equal the thousands that Russia has. The whole operation is a ruse, and it keeps you focused away from the real story. Is Ukraine winning this war? No, they're not. Is Russia winning? They could. Are we edging close to a third world war? You better believe it. We are living in a time of peril. We are living in a time, in my life, unprecedented. There's a lot of panic in Washington, D.C., that the truth of so many topics from the Hunter Biden laptop to the corruption in Ukraine. Oh, by the way, I saw a story over the weekend Dominion voting machines had filed this like billion some odd dollar lawsuit against Fox News. And during discovery, there's some things coming out about Dominion voting machines that I don't think they ever anticipated coming out. How many top officials at Dominion thought that their stuff was garbage, unreliable, and could be prone to errors. It's going to be interesting to watch how this lawsuit plays out. I really believe that Dominion thought the lawsuit would never get to court. I think they they gambled and lost. Time will tell. So this week, 
We're going to try to get through a couple of days of radio programs. This Friday, my wife and I are heading out of town for the weekend. I've been invited. This is why I've got to get my voice back. I have been invited as a guest to be at a pastor's retreat. And it's not even in a denomination I serve. But they have been gracious to to cover all my expense and my wife to attend and fellowship with them for two and a half days. God is doing something. God is definitely doing something. And this radio program is going to be going through a process. There's no doubt in my mind. We will continue from time to time to talk about the news stories of the day and how they take these news stories, manipulate them to try to control a narrative, try to minimize your voice, try to focus your attention on things that are not really that important so you miss the things that truly are. Ukraine is a diversion and it's also very dangerous. And when MSNBC and and most of the folks at Fox and Newsmax agree, I get worried because we're not seeing objective journalism. We know Fox claims to be conservative, but in the last two years, they, they've proven to me that their news can be purchased. And so can Newsmax. Finding truth is getting more difficult. It's beginning to look more like propaganda. Now I'm going to take a break early. And I have got something incredible to share on the other side. No, it's not me. Well, it is me for part of it. But I want to share something, and then I want to share something from my heart that has been troubling me all this past weekend. And I believe when you hear what I have to share, it's going to be very illuminating for you. It also will show how a lot of misinformation can be out there in social media. Do you believe in our work in ministry? We really need to hear from you this week as we're getting ready to enter a new month. If you can help us out, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. Chilhowee, Virginia. Chilhowee, Virginia. 24319. And by the way, you can support us from our website, which is Truth the number two ponder.com truth the number two ponder.com and we will be right back this is truth to ponder with bob beerman throw it overboard coming up shalom alechem this is jonathan khan your jewish connection bring you the riches of your jewish roots in jesus you get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment The story of Jonah 
Through the perspective of Jonah, we, we read the story, but we can learn something if we see it through the perspective of others, like the crew on the ship. For the crew on the ship, they were just having a lot of problems. The, the boat, the wind, the storm, and all these problems they're dealing with. But that really wasn't their problem. You know, only when they realized what the problem was, they could deal with the problem. The problem was Jonah. Once they realized Jonah was the problem, they dealt with it. They threw him overboard. They threw him overboard. They had no more problems. It was uh, smooth sailing. They break out the sandwiches, the sodas, have a good time. There's peace, nice and quiet. Not for Jonah. He swallowed up by the fish. But for them, the problems are over. They threw it overboard, smooth sailing. In the same way, you might be dealing with problems, the same problem, or continual problems in your life. And the problem is not so much always the problem, but it's often something deeper. It's not the wind, it's not the rain, it's not the storm, it's not that everything's going wrong. There's something in your life, perhaps, that is not the Lord's will. Something in your life that's out of what you know is really God's best. And until you deal with that thing, you're not going to solve the problem, the other problems. Until you throw it overboard. Now you may already have a notion what it is, or you're not, maybe not. Then you have to seek what it is. But if there's something in your life, that's your Jonah. Deal with it once and for all. Throw it overboard once and for all. And the storm will cease and you'll have smooth sailing. Want more? Ask for The Deciders on CD. Now the free gift from you for the Sands of Judea, the awesome... The awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphire's guarantee to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' really Hebrew name. Write it down. Yeshua 1. And dial it. That's it. For your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me. Together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Just write to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. And you can visit us at hopeoftheworld.com on the web. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Alechem. Throw it overboard, my friend. Peace be to you. In Messiah, Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Monday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, my voice is rather weak today, as you can tell. I need your prayers. I need to take a few more days away from speaking. And as one of my listeners wrote, yes, I'm gargling. And I do know the, the danger of getting the voice polyps, but... And we may have to deal with that. Time will tell. In a couple of minutes, I want to share something on this program you need to hear. We try on this program to bring you news, information, and also put things in the perspective of God's Word. One of the greatest problems that I deal with each and every day in doing this this radio program is the tremendous amounts of misinformation 
that is shared every minute in social media and email chains and even fake websites. You should see the stuff that is sent to me day in and day out. That if you do just a small amount of research, they're totally bogus. And some of this stuff is put out there to to make conservatives and Christians look bad. Because sometimes we leap before we take a look at what we're leaping into. And we just share instantly something because we think we can believe it without ever vetting the source. I see it in every aspect. I see so much garbage shared on Facebook, in emails. I see so much nonsense and it's becoming really a struggle for me to deal with this. And and well-meaning people sharing things because they saw it on Facebook and they, they somehow agreed with it or thought they could and they end up making themselves look foolish in the long run. This weekend was an eye-opener on a number of topics, including including the what is called the revival at Asbury University. I've seen postings both pro and con. I've also seen some things criticizing criticizing this event, what happened. And I started to do some research. And I can tell you a lot of the stuff that I've seen shared by people that are my friends on Facebook is lies and garbage. I don't know why people make stuff up, why people share then this stuff without checking it out. Had this one person make this dubious claim that this cannot be a revival of any kind. It can't be anything good. We don't see the preaching like we did back in the the 1900s or the 1700s or the 1800s. And yet there was a sermon preached. Nobody talks about that. There are a lot of things in this culture I am not a fan of, even within Christian colleges and universities. I work for a Christian college, and I know how difficult it can be for young people today. I pray that what happened there as it winds down will change these students. It's going to take time. There was a message preached, and it was preached by the Reverend Zach Merkrebs, and he was talking to students about the love of Christ. And I would say that many that have criticized and said some pretty horrible things that are not true, it's obvious they never heard the message. But today on this second half of Truth to Ponder, you are going to hear that message. And afterward, I'm going to share a few thoughts to close out the program. My fear anytime 
I'm led in worship by a crew like that, that all of a sudden the sound booth is going to be like, I'm going to get this dude and unmute my mic. And it'll sound like stepping on a dog. Like, yeah, like, so I'm glad you didn't do that. Thanks for that. <clears throat> um, we're going to continue in, in Romans 12. That's the star. Okay. God's word and Jesus, and the Holy spirit moving in our midst. That's what we're hoping. Uh, like I said last week, and I'll continue to say anytime I get to stand with you guys, uh, I hope you guys forget me, but anything from the Holy spirit and God's word will find fertile ground in your hearts and produce fruit. Okay. So last time, did I forget my clicker? Nope, it's right here, y'all. Big green sign. Awesome. Last time we talked, Becoming Love in Action. You guys are in a series of Becoming Love in Action. And we're in Romans 12, 13, and 14. Awesome. I know how to count. And Romans 12, 1 through 8, we talked about. Or, uh, yeah, 1 through 8, we've talked about. Uh, Dr. Baldwin talked about verses 1 and 2, about an act of worship being conformed by God, not of this world. I came, and last Wednesday we talked about verses 3 through 8, and we talked about the cost of pride, comparison, and competition. And then we invited ourselves to, to practice and lean into gratitude, understanding all we have is gifts, and asking the question, who are we looking at? Are we gazing upon Jesus, or are we gazing to the left and to the right? So we continue to have this conversation about love and becoming love. And what is love? So I'm going to ask you a really conceited, maybe awkward question, okay? Do you love me? This might be awkward. Look at the person next to you and ask them that question. All right, all right, all right, all right. Look to the other person and ask, do you love me? All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, hey, just a, this is a sneak peek. If that's the first time you've ever talked to your neighbor, fix that. You laugh, but for real. But the question is, is do you love me? I know Nick loves me because we're buddies. And I buy him wings sometimes. <laughs> hopefully, he said hopefully. <laughs> but do you love me? We talk about love all the time, right? Daniel Fusco, a pastor in the Pacific Northwest, he says the, the problem with the word love is that everyone says it or does it, but without Christ, abiding in his spirit, receiving and giving, it's actually not love. It's wrong. These are some things I love. Corto Lima. Anyone been to Corto Lima downtown? Tremendous. Downtown Lexington. I live in Lexington. Downtown Lexington. Best tacos. They have this thing called Papa's in La Lata. French fries, cheese, jalapenos. You can get smoked pork on it. You start speaking in tongues, it's so good. <laughs> or just because the spirit falls, but that's cool. Manchester Coffee Co. Anyone? Ever at Manchester? Yeah, he, they're not paying me for this, but they could if they wanted. I love dry cappuccinos. They make a good dry cappuccino. Or Sorella's 
gelato. You have to be careful in Lexington. Sorella's. Gelato, owned by these two twins from the Czech Republic. Uh, They are remarkable. They give me and my daughter free gelato all the time. I love gelato. I love coffee. I love tacos and Papa's Linlata. But is that different than how I love these people? These are my girls. Right? Do I love tacos like I love Mercy, that, that mighty baby in the middle? Do I love dry cappuccinos like my beautiful wife, KP? Do I, do I enjoy and delight in gelato like I do my daughter, Esther, who's in heaven? Or do I love speaking in chapel like I actually really, really love Eden May in the top right corner? I got home late last night. I was preaching in Columbus, Ohio, and I just climbed right into bed with uh, Eden because I love her. So do you, are you guys tracking? We, we say love about a lot, right? You guys might love like the hot chicken sandwich day in the calf. Like that's not the same. It's not the same. So as we go into Romans 12, verses 9 through 21, we're going to talk about love. Okay? So we did this before. You stood for the scripture reading. We're going to stand again. And then at the end, I'm going to say, this is the word of God, and we believe it. And you'll say, I'll say, this is the word of God, and then you say, and we believe it. If you do believe it. If you don't believe it, be uh, honest. But I'm glad you're here. Let love be without hypocrisy. We could just stop there, right? Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in the spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is writ- written, written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, what do you do? Feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God. And we believe it. Awesome, you can sit. 13 verses, 30 commandments. How are you guys feeling? How are you guys feeling? Yeah, you're like, you're like, I got all those down. I have always loved by choosing the other person's preference before myself. I've never been a hypocrite. How are you guys feeling? Dude, this morning, I had preference over my wife. Like, I wanted to sleep in a little bit more, but she had been up with the baby. Like, this morning, what about you? 13 verses, 30 commands. This is just some of them. 
Even if we didn't read those, if you're sitting in this chapel and you're like, oh, awesome. What are you like, what emotion are you feeling right now? Yell it out. Anxiety. Joy. That's cool. No, that's all that is cool. What? Exhausted. Because it looks kind of like a to-do list. I'll be overwhelmed. I maybe would feel even guilt or shame because I don't do this stuff. Well, I know the heart of God is not one that would heap guilt and shame on us, right? That I know that the word of God corrects and, and, and uh, coaches us, but this might feel like, I feel that way when I look at this passage. You might be like, well, I'm new to this whole thing, or I don't, I don't know Jesus, or I didn't study this passage. No, like I have studied this passage. I have been walking with the Lord now for 16 years. Many people in this, this room has, lo- has loved and walked with the Lord longer, and they sit and say, Whew, how do I do this? We're, we're not only called, like ethereally, we're called to love those in your community. That's, that's those you, you guys, Okay. How do you guys love one another? If that was the scorecard, if that was the to-do list, and then you applied it on how you love others on campus, how do you do? Then, those who persecute your community. So the people that make fun of you, the people that think this is all a farce, that think this is a waste of time, people who comment on your posts and say, that's stupid, like, I don't... Those who persecute... Same list of how to love them. How you doing? Oh, and then, not even those who like post on your, uh, post on your posts, comments on your posts, but those who are like literally anti-you. I was just talking to uh, missionaries in Syria this morning. And they are loving their enemies. They just had a missionary killed And they are going to the neighbors in the neighborhood where that missionary is killed to serve them. Enemy love. That's something that's unique about the Christian faith. We are called to love our enemies. How are we doing? And then this one. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, which is like hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. This is agape love. This is the first time in Romans that the vertical perfection of agape love, there's a Greek versions of love. There's agape, phileo, eros, which is the word erotic comes from, and storge, okay? This is the first time that the Apostle Paul is saying, now I'm not talking about vertical love when I talk about agape, I'm talking about how you love one another, this perfect love, God-like love. Phileo is brotherly love. That's why Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Eros, that's why we get the word erotic. And that's actually the Greek word of take. Like steal. Which is the selfishness of porn. And storge is like familial love. When you have kids, you'll have storge love. You'll have motherly, fatherly love. In some other translations, it says love must... They don't use the word hypocrisy. They use the word sincere or genuine. 
So, the word hypocrisy comes from this Greek root word that's a word used for actors or in theater back in the day, right? Because in theater back in the day, they didn't have like backstages. It was just big open air theater. Has anyone been to Greece or Rome? See these big amphitheaters and they walk in and there's nowhere like you can hide and change, right? So someone would come on and have like three masks because they were going to thr- like put one mask on, put the next, ma- next mask on and another one because they were playing three characters. Does that make sense? That's what the word hypocrisy comes from. It's like, it's polluted. It's, it's not all of the same. Multiple masks. Has anyone experienced that? I have. If we're a community, let's, let's engage. Have you guys experienced that? I have been a hypocrite. Multiple times. It's polluted love. It's selfish love. And some of you guys have experienced radically poor love. Like evil love. Selfish love. And I would say today, we should not even give it the honor of calling it love. Some of you have experienced things that should not have even been titled love. Some of you guys know my story. In my childhood, I experienced what my uh, perpetrator, my, the person who, who abused me, called love. It's not love. 100% selfish. 100% violent. Some of you guys have experienced that. Some of you guys have experienced that love, that kind of love in the church. Some of you guys, maybe it's not violent, it's not molestation, it's not taken advantage of, but, but it feels like someone has just pulled a fast one on you. Like, you're safe here. No, yeah, you're welcome here. Ooh. Has anyone felt that? This is not love. Not love. I have nothing until this afternoon. I have coffee with a dude. I am happy to sit here and pray with people. If you have experienced that kind of love... There is leaders on campus that will stay in these seats and pray for you. If you need to hear the voice of God, the Father in heaven, who will never love you that way, that is perfect in love, gentle and kind, you come up here and you experience his love. Don't waste this opportunity. I'm going to pray real quick. There's a screw on the... Look at that. Shame the devil. He's not going to get me with that. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, what if I put a, just, just a hole in my pants and you just see my hiney? All right, Jesus, if there's people in this room that literally feel the weight of that perverted thing that one person called love, would you just alleviate that weight right now? Would you just alleviate the Holy Spirit, move through these rows. Move through these rows and love on these people. Jesus, if there's people who have experienced hypocritical love in the church, Holy Spirit, move through these rows and alleviate that. Heal them, Jesus. Show them your true self. 
Would they be bold and courageous to ask for further healing and further uh, prayer in Jesus' name? Amen. So it's not hypocritical of. It's not hypocritical of. It's not polluted. Here's another one. Devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor. Who here loves giving preference to one another? Yeah, it's not, it's not our flesh. Like, we feel that. We feel the, the tension of that. Some of you guys are sitting here like, you were funny last Wednesday. Chill out. This is the word of God. Some of us need to know that we're giving preference, to, we need to give preference to one another. Following Christ's example, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important to yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. It's humbling, it's inconvenient, it's sacrificial love. In verses 11 through 13, there's this word that I want to highlight. It says, serving the Lord. Does anyone love the word servant? Does everyone love being called servant? I remember in college, I was a D1 athlete, and at the last second, transitioned to playing at a Bible college a lot like this one. And I was so arrogant and so rude, I am literally the only person of all time to be cut from Indiana Wesleyan soccer team. Me. This was me and Kristen. Look at that. But I didn't have a way to get home. So I became a laundry person. Some of you guys do laundry. I remember I spent nine hours cleaning the team's shorts. I was a D1 athlete, thought I was going to be playing soccer. Now I'm cleaning their shorts. And people are saying, you're such a servant, Zach. And I'm like, let me at you. I want to punch you in the mouth. But by being transformed by Jesus, getting his affections, we would see ourselves as servants. It's a call in our lives. 14 through 17, just another one I want to talk about. Rejoicing with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Christian communities aren't great at this. Rejoicing with those rejoice feels like, whoa, like you can't be prideful. What about celebrating one another? Celebrating people that are substantially better than you. Athletes, are you a good celebrator of the people on your team that play more than you? Teammates, band members, are you toppling over one another in celebration for one another's gifts? What about weeping with those who weep? Or do you say, you text like praying for you? Do you journey with them? Do you tarry with them? And at the very end, right, verses 18 through 21, it starts talking about never do revenge on someone. And God says, that's on me, right? It says, feed those hungry enemies, uh, give water to those thirsty enemies. So last question, again, as we close, do you love me? You guys are like, Whoa, that is a different chapel than Wednesday.
pressure's off. You can't love the way that this verse speaks. Do you know that? Do you know that? If it was knowing everything about love, the Sadducees knew everything about love. And it wasn't good enough for Jesus. Okay, okay, I gotta do more, I gotta do more. Some of you guys are like, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna do more, I'm gonna serve the poor. I gotta get to Syria or Turkey, I gotta at least collect water to get there. The Pharisees did that and it wasn't enough. So what is it? You cannot love until you are loved by Jesus. The only way we can love, 1 John 4, 7 through 20 says, we love because he first loved us. And I want to get an attitude. I want to have like Jehovah Sassy on my side and say, stop striving. Stop wearing this heavy burden of I got to love because I'm a Christian. No, you got to love because you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. Amen. You have been loved. You have to continue to put yourself before Jesus and be loved by him so you can love others. I can't get rid of preference without the love of Jesus making me want to give up preference. I can't forgive my enemies. I can't forgive my dad who abused me except if I'm loved by Jesus. I can't forgive those churches that did me wrong until I am experiencing the love of Jesus so I can love Jesus. You're not going to be a loving nurse, teacher, pastor, preacher, parent, lover in the way that you want to until you experience the love of God. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So we must become the love, love in action. I'm running out of time. But what is the source of your love? Take a picture of this. If your source of love is white knuckling it, trying really hard, or is it the love of God for you? What is the purpose of your love? Is it to look good at chapel? Is it to look good to your family? Is it to get love in return from the person that you're giving love to? That's not this love we're talking about. And who or what are you becoming through this expression of love? If you're loving someone and not becoming more like Jesus in that love, then I would go search what that love really is. You following? So some of us, some of us need to sit in the love of God. Some of us need to taste and see and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you want to become love, if you really want to become love in action, you start by prostrating yourself before the love of God. If you want to become love in action, then you have to experience the love of God. Are you convinced we can't do those 30 commands? You can't, you can't earn your way to heaven. You can't 
blow people's hair back by your love and your leadership, you have to experience the love of Christ in your life. Seniors, I'm listening to you. I'm talking to you right now. Do not graduate here and think you're going to do all this stuff in your own strength. Do not leave here. You got three months left. Do not leave here before you learn about the love of God. Experience the love of God so you can pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. And he will fill you back up. Asbury, the world needs this kind of love. Needs it. Syria and Turkey need this kind of love. Your mom and dad need this kind of love. The teammates on your team, the people on your floor. Wilmore, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. The United States needs this kind of love. They need a bunch of Christians experiencing the love of God so they can pour out the love of God. Not through their own efforts and not through their own knowledge, but because they are filled with his love. Amen? You can, you can tell I take this serious. I pray that this sits on you guys like an itchy sweater. You got to itch. You got to take care of it. So experience his love. Become the love of God by experiencing the love of God. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, I pray as we continue to worship, I pray that people would, would forget any of the intensity and passion of, of Zach it would fall to the ground like dust. But Holy Spirit, if you spoke to anyone as they can pursue freedom, they can experience more of your love to be poured out, to love others, to become love in action. Would you produce fruit in this room, in these souls, these minds, and these hearts? We pray specifically for the seniors that as they prepare to go, that they would be filled with the love of God so they can pour out the love of God. Jesus, do a new thing in our midst. Revive us by your love. And we all said, amen. And there you have it. The message that launched what has been called the Asbury University Revival. A message, a simple message given at a regular chapel service by the Reverend Zach Merkrebs preaching to all the students gathered at that chapel service on the 8th of February. Nobody anticipated what happened, but it did. But it did. And ever since then, I have seen postings that are all for it. Others are not sure, and many that outright condemn it because it doesn't fit their denominational narrative. Look, there are a lot of things today in Christian schools and universities that don't thrill me. But I believe that this routine chapel service may have triggered a change. May have triggered a change. You know, many Christian schools have tried to capitulate a little bit too much to the world trying to get along. If you want to understand what revival is all about, understand there are several things you need to know. These people saying, well, this is not the kind of revival message I grew up with. Well, I don't care. Maybe it's the message God wanted to give. 
I have had people make claims about the people involved that after doing some research were out and out lies. Bearing false witness is something you don't do even on Facebook if you're a Christian. Let me tell you very quickly, in a revival there'll be an emphasis on Jesus Christ. You see that in Acts 2. You see repentance in a revival. There's been a lot of repentance at Asbury. A, pres- a passion for prayer, a hunger for God's word, a burden for the lost, an increase in salvation. Read the book of Acts. Along with this burden for souls also comes a marked increase in salvation and new converts. People will answer calls to ministry and missions. There's a greater generosity to the work of God, the manifest presence of God where you are suddenly realizing you're in a different place. Something that cannot be created by a light show. A greater frequency for gathering of worship and prayer. Increased fellowship among Christians. Look, in revival, God's people experience greater love for one another. And that draws them together. And then a fervor to share that good news in their community. Now, was this the perfect revival according to some people? Maybe, maybe not. Is this the Holy Spirit at work? Very well could be, so I'm not going to take a risk and say it isn't. I'm going to observe and watch how this plays out. Because when it comes to the way God works, you will see the fruits of this over time. Many imperfect Christian students at an imperfect university may have had their life altered. And we have curmudgeons on the sideline condemning it because it doesn't fit their narrow-minded viewpoint that has no basis in Scripture. Listen, my time is up for today. We'll try to be here tomorrow. If you believe in our work and ministry, would you consider supporting us? You can do it from our website, or you can mail a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. Chilhowee, Virginia. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.